Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. Welcome to this podcast number 581. It's a big weekend, Katie. Why is it a big weekend? What do you mean, why it's a big weekend? Walking Dead comes back. Oh, yeah. That means my other job starts up again, which I'm very excited about. I forgot about that. How could you, how dare you not think about me and my work all the time? Don't you, you, do you want me? Oh, yeah, I'll tell you what. I'll invite you to my work calendar for your iCal so that you can just see everything. <laughs> see everything else that you're doing. Can you fucking imagine if I did? I was like, you know, just as a favor, I want to make sure that you're up to date on everything I'm doing. <laughs> I knew that though. I did know that. I did because yeah, I keep seeing the billboards everywhere for Walking yeah. Dead. Uh, our, our, uh, yeah. So that means Talking Dead's coming back. The first episode's in- insane. It's disturbing. Some really fucked up stuff happens in the first episode. It's a very satisfying season premiere, but it's a really fucked up season premiere. And uh, and then on Talking Dead right afterwards at 10, 9 central, it's, um, I believe it's Nicotero, Scott Gimple, and Conan O'Brien. Oh, that'd be great. I so love the, Scott Gimple. Gimple's great. He does a show at uh, the Nerd Melt showroom called The Friday 40 with Dave Holmes. That's one of my favorites. Gimple's great. And then... Um, and then Conan, Conan will be Conan will be really great Probably too. Really. And Nick Ataros, I love all those guys. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun this weekend, October twelfth. Oh, I'll be at New York Comic Con too. I'm moderating, uh, moderating the Disney panel, and then I'm moderate on Thursday, and then I'm moderating the panel for Birdman on Friday, and then Walking Dead on Saturday. Awesome. Uh, and then I'll be running around shooting promos for At Midnight because we're gonna be in uh, New York. For New York Comedy Festival in November, doing uh, doing at midnight shows. This episode is Martin Starr, who is phenomenal in Silicon Valley and pretty much everything else he's ever done. Um, Freaks and Geeks, uh, you probably Party saw Party Down. Party Down, and uh, I met him. Well, we've we did Thrilling Adventure Hour, I think, once together, and he was great in that too. But he's uh, promoting a movie called Dead Snow Two: Red versus Dead out in theaters October tenth. So uh, you should watch that. It's a good, it's a good zombie movie. Uh, funny, a hilarious zom zomedy, I guess you could call it. <laughs> so, uh, and then Martin was also uh, popping on at midnight um, tonight, I think. So maybe that already happened, but it'll be online somewhere. All right, nerds episode number five eighty one with Martin Starr. Now entering nerdist.com. Well, I didn't know if anyone told you this is the Creed podcast. We're just going to sing and talk about the songs of Creed the entire yeah. time. <laughs> okay. Mountain Star, White Open. It's the only one I know. Yeah, that's, I wouldn't even have put their name on that one. <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs> well, why would you agree to come on a Creed cast if you... Uh, I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> Do we have something else? Sorry, we have something else. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> Welcome, Martin Starr. Hey, thank you. Are we starting already? Yeah, this is it. Hey, great. It's pretty informal. This is simple. It's just a convo. Hey, I like convos. How have you been? Good. Did you play uh, Destiny at that event? Uh, wait, I've gotten so deep into Destiny. <laughs> it is unfortunate. The nerdiest words are, I go to the Cryptarch every day, and uh, my Cryptarch level is level 7. <laughs> I, I really should stop talking. No, uh, this is a safe zone. I you can, feel you can I, say those things. Yeah, I don't. 
We shouldn't talk about these. You don't things. want to talk about them? Okay, fine. Have I, you played it all? I didn't get to play that much because uh, my work schedule is oppressive, and um, I do you have the game? Do you I, have do have I do have it. I do have it. It's just it mocks me every night when I come home and know that you haven't I, played it all. Uh, I played a little bit, but the the problem for for uh, a game, a problem for for me with a game like that is that I know that uh, I know what it does to my brain. And if it's going to mean that I'm not going to be able to play for a week once I start a game that would probably take, you know, 40 or 50 hours for me to play. Here's the thing. I really enjoy the multiplayer. And it's fun to, like, go on and play with your buddies. But as as far as, like, the game, like, the story is terrible. It's, like, maybe the dumbest story I've heard. I've, like, <laughs> I, I'm just, I, like, zone out. Um, but it's really fun to like, really fun to go on and just play with your buds. Like I go and play with like Kumail and Thomas and, and if you hop on, I'll get your gamer tag. We we can play a little bit, but it's just like fun to like go on and, and kill baddies with your boys. That'd be fun. Yeah. I gotta, we gotta do that. Yeah. Let's form a party. Let's make a band. Let's do it. It's something that's really dumb though. It's like, it's, it's very cyclical. And so like you just go back and play the same missions over and over and over again for different things, which it's still fun. Surprisingly, really fun still. But they still make you look like watch some of the cuts cut screens. Oh, you have to watch cutscenes. Yeah, which yeah. like I don't need I don't need it. You know, I've seen it seven <laughs> times. Now. You should just be able to like a through that yeah. or something. At what point? <laughs> what are you playing? Anything else? Um, no, I play a little bit of Madden. Nice, I, I enjoy that as well. Now I think I think maybe the first time I met you was probably like a thrilling adventure hour, right? You did thrilling a few years ago, didn't you? Maybe, maybe, yeah. Something it was something at Largo. There was some sort of an event at Largo. I oh yeah, yeah, it was definitely. A then, that was definitely a thrilling adventure. But I didn't know if that was the first time I'd met you. I thought I met you prior to that. Maybe it's possible. Maybe at uh, the comedy San Francisco. The comedy. Oh, it's Sketchfest. Sketchfest. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's Sketchfest. Did you guys do a Freaks and Geeks reunion there? Was that what was going on um, at some point many years ago? Because I feel like Linda maybe, was there. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, yeah. that was it. Yeah. Uh, so let let's go back and let's talk about that show a little bit. Martin, nah, because it's that's all right. Okay, let's talk about anything else. Okay, what's your favorite cereal? brick color? Uh, I'd go with like <laughs> wait, nice brick's not a color. Reddish brick type color. This is well. I you'll be pleased to know that this room is half exactly what you just described. What? Yeah. I mean, look around you. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> From here, it looks seventy five percent. But if I turn my head, I see the white wall. What's your background? Um. My, uh, not, what do you mean? Don't say brick wall. I'm not brick wall. Okay. What is your background in terms of, uh, what is your comedy background? Jebediah. Okay. That was it? Yeah. That's where I learned it. And then what, uh, what was your, what was your plan? Uh, I, zero plans. Really? I just go, I fly by the seat of my butt. Do you really just fly by the seat of your butt? Yeah. How I do have, you do that? Have you seen my butt? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of trying to see it through the yeah. desk. Yeah, I it's got nice. wings. I got wings that fly. <laughs> you have a winged uh, butt. Yeah, uh, uh, I had no plans. It just kind of happened. I didn't think I'd be able to do podcast. Man, if I'd only known at 32 I'd be doing a podcast. Yep. It's all, all bets. I would have never off. believed it. Thirty-two-year-old <laughs> um, <laughs> Martin could go yeah. back and tell seventeen-year-old Martin somebody like, be "What the a- fuck's a podcast?" That's exactly what he'd be saying. Yeah. Also, um, what's going on with the economy? Give me some more information because yeah. what happened with Obama? We could make a killing. Um, I knew about Obama way there? back when. <laughs> you, all the, you knew yeah. seventeen. You know, you knew fifteen I, years ago. I, I was rooting for him when he was running for senator. <laughs> where did you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in LA. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. I don't meet a lot of people who grew up in Los Angeles. No, it's a, that I know very few. Lizzie Kaplan and I knew each other when we were very young, um, but there are a few other people that I know that grew up in LA. Someday you're going to be on a sex show. Yeah. What? Bear and all. <laughs> uh, That's kind of weird to see your friends. I don't see it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't watch it. Okay. She's my friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I hear it's good. She at one point told me she was going to send me because she has like uh, different cuts of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that her family can see it. Oh, so like they'll cut out her nudity bits. Mm-hmm. And and she was like, "I'll send it to you." And then at the end of that conversation, she was like, "Oh, just suck it up. Quit being a pussy and just watch the show. <laughs> Who gives a shit?" I do have the same kind of weird thing. Like when I have friends that I know, or yeah. 
They're like, oh, yeah, and I did this nude scene thing. I'm like, I don't want that information yeah. in my brain. Yeah. I don't know why. It's natural. Like, we're all ultimately naked always. Yeah, for sure. I just don't want to be, you know, doing it one day and like that to flash into my head. I, I don't, it would just like fuck with me. It would like really fuck with me if I was just like going through the catalog of, of visual information I have. Doing it. So you'd have and to stop like, and go, whoa, whoa, was that Lizzie's nipple? Fuck. I have to, I got to, I got to call I'm this sorry. What was your second. name again? Yeah. I'm going to have to, this is going to take a second. <laughs> I was assuming it would be like my wife and you're, you're making it out to be a total stranger. Um, well, I didn't know you were. Nice to meet you. Are you um, married? I didn't know you, you were married. No, no. I'm oh, okay. Not, uh, this is your future wife. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, yep. Mm-hmm. Who you have yet to meet yet? Um, yeah. Oh, who knows? Maybe I've already met her. Where do you meet people <sighs> to date in this town? I don't know, man. That is a challenge. It is. Yeah. Especially when you're working. Where do you guys shoot Silicon Valley? We shoot it here. You shoot it here. Okay. Yeah. It's more fun to like go outside of LA to to work because then you do get to meet new people, and it's more fun to like go out on the town in a in a new place. Because you meet people that aren't here for this, that aren't located in a in a town where like this is this is it. This is like going to bars is networking. Whereas in other cities, like you go to bars to like have a drink and maybe have an interesting night and, <laughs> to get away from work. Yeah, and here it's like that's work. You're right. It is. It's a second job. It's it's so pathetic. It's like it makes it sad to like go to bars sometimes when you go with the right people anything can be fun but yeah that's true when you go to a bar in another city the first question isn't so what are you working on <laughs> you uh, auditioning or what's going on yeah. are you doing something when are you guys shooting again like you don't get i mean maybe now you do because people would recognize you and so they might usually, ask you those questions. usually not I've, i feel really because i'm not uh, akin to fame so it's been uh it's you know it's like one in I don't know. I'd say like maybe ten percent or five percent of people will even just like I'll I'll see that there's a change in their demeanor because they've seen because they, I look familiar or something. But for the most part, it's just like normal interactions with human beings. It's are great. you are you going to be a Zach Galifianakis type who completely rejects fame once it happens and then just like goes and that like many years ago Zach just bought a place like in North Carolina and just moved there. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. I don't think so. I'm from LA, so this is still my home. It's such a weird layer on top of everything else that that all that part of it. Yeah. That is um It's a bunch of it's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> I, I I really don't like it. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. It's, it really throws me off. I don't like it at all. Is it uh It's just an unhealthy relationship that's created like it just it it creates this huge barrier and divide between you and hu- and other humans for the most part yeah and and sometimes it's it's an awesome relationship where you've touched someone especially because of the things that i've gotten the opportunity to work on like freaks and geeks and party down and and uh, i've and now silicon valley and um and adventureland and like there there are a number of things that i'm so proud of and things that i've done more recently like um, this movie Dead Snow, I'm really proud of, and this movie Amira and Sam, I'm really proud of. But like, um, I get to do things where I really get to put a lot of myself into it, and so people can connect to to these things. And that relationship sometimes can be awesome when people when it's just genuine, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know how to explain it, but there, are the, sp- specifically from like freaks and geeks, someone who really lived that life mm-hmm. and feels really connected to those characters because it feels like their friendships that they had when they were growing up in the 80s um they're like there's just such a genuine like thank you you know what i mean there's yeah. like and and it's such an honor to be able to have been a part of someone's life in that way um and then there are other ways in which this business and this like the, the way that hollywood kind of pumps you out to be this thing this product i don't like being a product yeah but like that just kind of becomes that's the mechanism so you kind of like have to be a, in order to like grow in this environment you have to find a way to do it without i'm so you know i struggle every day to like try and find a way to do it without giving up any part of who i am or my um morals and and what i believe in you know it is finding a weird balance I'm like okay i guess I, I can do this just a little bit just to make sure that I get to keep doing the thing that I want to yeah. do. But ultimately, I think um, I, I do think that there aren't really any rules. And ultimately, you can just do the, exactly whatever it is that you want to yeah. do. I mean, you seem to make really interesting choices for things that seem really like 
oh, this just seemed like a thing that he really wanted to do, and it was really interesting and organic to to your personality. I've done, yeah, I mean, I've made some questionable choices for sure, but uh, but I've done everything with the right intentions, which I think certainly helps just educate what I'm about. How do how do you how do you pick something? I mean, and and the more choices that I assume you're getting, and the more choices that you will get. How do you know? I mean, I guess you don't really know, but how do you how do you gauge? How do you choose to do so? I don't. I, I well, it, I think it's easier for hosting stuff because I'm just me. Yeah, you know, like I'm not. I'm but you not, start off as like a comedian, so you yeah. were always self driven and self creating. But like the podcast you chose to do because you just enjoyed having conversations, and at midnight must have come out somehow organically. Yeah, it was the, the way that I do it. Is um, I, I sort of got to a point where I realized that. I didn't have to just take any job to survive. Yeah. And that even if I just could barely make enough money to live, I realized it was more important to take to start working in areas that actually just made me happy. Yeah. And so that's really that's really what it was. It was just that's how I picked stuff like, "Oh, does that sound fun?" And that actually does sound fun. Okay, yeah. I'll do that. And if it doesn't it doesn't, you know, it kind of doesn't. I mean, I'm not saying there's no amount of money that could get me to do something. I'm not sure. I'm not immune. Sure. But it but the number to get me to do something that didn't sound fun to me would have to be so disgustingly high yeah. that it sort of prices out of that being a realistic possibility. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, because if someone's going to give you a fuck ton of money just to do something once and you're like, well, I did that, but then, you know, it allowed me to fund all these other things that yeah. I want to do. But it really is just about keeping that part of the machine greased so that you can keep doing the stuff you want. Yeah. I guess. I totally get it. But I just feel like it's harder when, or, or, or just because I don't understand the acting world as much. It's like, well, you know, your character is a whole, is a separate entity that you're creating, and then you have to kind of agree with a bunch of other performers and a director and a and a you know a producers, and then they all you have to make sure that they all you hope that they all do what you think they're going to do, yeah. and it just it feels like it could be a little scarier in that way. You just have to trust, I guess. I um. I mean the the it's all about trust. It's all about starting with like, you know, in Silicon Valley for example or back to freaks and geeks. Um the the way that the way that those things are cast is everything. And so HB, HBO is a different beast than NBC was way back when. So I think we were really lucky to have gotten the cast that we got on Freaks and Geeks um, because usually you're fighting against the system to try and get right. um, the people that you want cast as a creator of a TV show. But HBO was really supportive of, of uh, Mike from the beginning. So the, they really got on board. And, and uh, I think you know Mike got everyone that he wanted to be a part of the show and continues to. So... Um, so it really has been from one perspective, from one perspective, which is the director's perspective. And, and they you know, I don't know if it's true really, but it feels true to me that 90% of directing is, is casting. Yeah. You find the right people to fit the characters that you want and you really can create a collaborative environment and trust the people to, to fill in those spots as they need to be filled. But, but the same way that you choose what you do in your life is the exact same way that I choose what I do. It's, it's what, I mean... I don't. I don't know if I had just read the script, the initial script for Silicon Valley, if if with no one involved, if I would have felt the same way as I would have knowing that like Mike Judge was attached to it and that like this was his baby, because um, that alone, like I I want to work with people who I think um, who are inspiring to me and who have you know, um, and perhaps it's someone new that I've never heard of before, but like people people who I feel akin to and a and a bond with. Um, creatively, and so certainly from the very beginning, I was like, "Oh yeah, Mike Judge is someone I absolutely want to work with at some point in my life," and to have that opportunity now is really incredible. I, I'm, I mean, I, I'm so emotionally attached to Silicon Valley just because it represents the. It, to me, it sort of represents the um, the public showing of a bunch of friends of mine who are all brilliant and now everyone is starting to see how brilliant they all are and it was really fun to it well first of all it was crazy to go to the emmys but it was really fun to just like see you guys all there and like oh my god you know like a year ago we weren't here and i know you know whatever i know it's a part of the it's a part of the system and it's a part of the 
the entertainment business machine but in a way it's also like oh i was surprised at how excited i was <laughs> so at that excited. yeah i was uh, like as soon as i heard that we were like nominated for an emmy i was like i don't know like i shouldn't be this this isn't something that i care about like winning this award means nothing to me overall like in my life this isn't going to create happiness in any way but there's some part of me that's like this is cool <laughs> it is cool guys this is cool it is really cool yeah i mean just you know just everyone all dressed up in tuxes yeah. but silicon you know it's it's weird because I don't really watch. It's not that I would consider. It's not that I would say. Uh, I don't watch a lot of comedies on television for some reason. I don't know why. I just don't. Yeah. But Silicon Valley, from the very first episode, within the first minute, I was already in love with the show. It. A lot of shows take a good you know handful of episodes before it's like okay the characters are locked in. It feels like they kind of know. But this fucking show, like from. Minute one, like all the characters were there. It, it felt like the show had been on for a while. Not, it didn't feel like, oh, this is the first yeah. episode of a, of a show. It's really well written, and it was easy to and it perfectly cast. I mean, everybody just kind of fills in their spot. And I, I have heard from so many, from countless programmers, countless, maybe five, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> counted. But yeah, I counted them. Um, they uh, that that like these characters specifically, like the. They would talk to me about my character because uh, it's me that they're talking to. But um, they've said that like this, that guy, that like Satanist, that like that character, they've worked with that guy before. That ex- like, and it's like, whoa, interesting. Like, I just took a stab at what this was because of the words on the page and and doing research on my own. But like, I didn't go into a. I never talked to any programmers about what that was. Like, we didn't have time. Um, but um, it's just interesting to like. Oh, we did hit the nail on the head. It's fun to watch Mike Judge essentially express all these different facets of his life throughout throughout the years. Between, I mean, he really could have just done Beavis and Butthead and be like, "Okay, fuck yeah. you guys." But then, like everything that guy does is special in some way, and it just it has a there's just an element to it that no matter how. So, so no matter how surreal some of the characters might start to get, he's still able to ground it yeah. in, in some way. Yeah, Office Space is a really good example of that. <laughs> it's an amazing example. Which is, I, I always kind of go to that when I think about having a broad character or two in anything, because you can, that's a clear example of how you can still maintain like a good tone, like a realistic tone to a, uh, a movie and, and have some really broad characters. My stapler, like that guy is yep. just so out of control, and yet. It fits. It all fits. <laughs> yeah, and the Gary Cole character as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm gonna um, like that guy. Yeah, I'm gonna need to see those TPS reports. <laughs> um, yeah, that that and that whole uh, Mike was just talking about how that scene of him uh, fucking the girl holding the coffee, like that, <laughs> that, like that fantasy scene was just like it just kind of happened. They were just like, I got an idea, and they just like shot it. <laughs> It wasn't like it wasn't in the script. It was just like a thing, and they like grabbed uh, a background artist that day. You mind if we use your legs? <laughs> and that was it. It was, it was funny. Have you guys started? See- they're just writing season two right now. Uh, yeah, we've done a few table reads. We we get into production. Well, they're in, we're in production, I guess now pre-production, and then we hop into it on the twentieth of October. Oh, really? Oh my God, you're right around the corner. Yeah. And it's going to be uh, that was the bummer thing about coming to the like watching all ten episodes was at the end being like ah oh, fuck now I got to wait a year yeah to see what happens yeah I'm excited though we get to do it picks up man it's it's picks up right where I left off it's really fun well you know that um, the last episode literally the most beautiful intricate dick joke ever yeah. is going to be attached like that. It, you'll never get away from that because it's – I mean it is – as soon as I saw what was starting to unfold, I was like, <gasps> no. Like you watch it happen in slow motion and and then I get mad at myself like, how did no one ever – it was so brilliant. It's right. Oh my god. And it's based on reality. Yeah. Those are like – that's a paper that someone actually wrote up about doing that. <laughs> That's what's the best thing ever. It's like this. Not only are we just pretending to depict nerds, but we're actually this is like we is verbatim. 
this is like some group of, <laughs> of like really hyper intelligent people who are just like I'm gonna figure out how to jerk off one <laughs> 175 people in the course of 12 minutes. Let's see if this is possible. Um, but I my but but programmer friends that I have have said like but that's the kind of stuff we do when we get bored. Like those are the kinds of roads that we go down when you don't want to have to do work. Just like working. I mean, it's like it's exactly like. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, but with intelligence. <laughs> They're just like constantly working out. <laughs> so what do you, do you get to do anything in between? Uh, or did you do, did you take some time off? I, I took some time off to spend with my family. I, I kind of haven't had any, I hadn't had any time off in a while. So I, I, um, I, I did a, I did a thriller kind of movie over the summer. And then um, for the most part, the last like eight months I spent uh, with my family. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. So. It's but I guess nice. you can do that when you when you feel like ah, I'm going back to work in October. I don't I don't really have to do anything. I I still did things here and there, but it, it was uh, they were like minimal. So every couple of weeks I'd come back to LA and have to do like press or, um, you know, shoot something. I'd like to keep myself pretty well busy. I, I try and take as much on my plate as I can handle. And now I've been like writing, and I, I sold a show with a friend of mine, Steve Lemmy. Oh so my god, Steve was that. just yeah. Steve does the Chewing It podcast. He was oh. just on the other day. Oh great, great, fucking hilarious. Yeah, we. Uh, I'm I'm producing something that he wrote, and and uh, we sold it to Paramount. Congratulations! And thank you. And so I'm excited about that. It's really funny too. I think we're gonna, um, you know, start taking it out soon and see what happens. But it's it's uh. It's fun, man. That's the the beauty of like getting into writing too. Is like exactly what um, you were talking about earlier, which is like you really just can do whatever you want, and you kind of decide what's important to you. and And it's uh, it's fun for me because I get to write, which I really enjoy, and get involved on that, you know, on the on that aspect creatively. But then I also get to look forward to being in something, so I'm creating more fun for myself. It's a good cycle. It's funny because sometimes when I'll talk to actor, if I talk to an actor and they'll go, uh, "Hey, I don't know how you, uh, I don't know how you're able to do so many different things," and I'm like, "I don't know how you're able to just act. Like that would drive me crazy. Just waiting around for someone to tell yeah. you that you can be in a thing and having very little. It's not like any of us have a ton of control over what happens yeah. in this business, but." I just don't like the perceived notion that I I just have to wait until someone tells me I can work. That would drive me fucking crazy. Yeah, I don't I don't understand why it took so long for it to change. Because now now you can't be an actor almost without being a writer. Well, it was it was it was it was that it was technology essentially. I mean, in pre, but like you could have always like anyone could have pursued writing and doing that. But would maybe just no one in Hollywood would have taken you seriously? Well, I think it's I think it's you know. Uh, it, even 20 years ago, there just weren't as many outlets. I mean, it, it really was still like 20 years ago, four networks, and there were cable channels, and of course there was programming on those cable channels, but no one really took it that seriously, and there wasn't a ton of what you would consider to be like quality, Emmy-worthy programming. on. So it just... Budgets were super low, and you know, networks weren't really taking as many chances. Yeah. And then you they, look at like SNL, though. Like I feel like SNL was probably the forefront of writer actor really that relationship because sure. those guys had to do both. You know, yeah. like, that was always, and so that they would that was the first foray that I can think of into like writers and actors like that relationship. If not the actors actually writing everything, at least the that like tight bond between the writers and the actors. Yeah. Um, because there was, because like you think back to like theater and like the writer was God. Right. And then, and then movies, the actor became God and the director. And like the relationship is just an ever evolving thing. And now it's now you have to do everything in order to like really be a God. <laughs> in this. Has to, you like have a, to, yeah. Everyone has to, to be, be like Clint a Eastwood. mini corporation. It's like, well, yeah. you have to have research and development. You have to have a social media aspect to your personality. You have to market. You have to do this. And a lot of it yeah. is a bummer because. You know, I didn't go to school to learn marketing. I was a philosophy major. Like, I wanted to be a comic. I didn't really think, I better learn how to market to, you know, I better learn how to talk to people on the internet. Social media. Social eh? media, yeah. And, and, and it's still a relatively new piece of the puzzle, but it's, it's now becoming difficult to imagine a time without it. Almost like you would, it's when you just, when I just sit back and think about, you know, uh, people traversing the American frontier and be like, 
what did those people do all day? You know, yeah. like, oh, well, they had to stay alive, for one, and figure yeah. out whatever they were going to eat. That uh, that was the most of their day. Fix the wagon. Fix the wagon. Yeah. Go to bed when the sun goes down. Maybe yeah. a, some light reading, if they were literate. Light a fire. You got to do, there's a lot to do. There's a lot to do. But now, you know. Everything's a, done for you. <laughs> when you think about, uh, like, I drove across country a couple of years ago. Where to where? From uh, L.A. to Memphis. Oh, okay. Uh, That's a fun drive. It I, is a fun drive. Where, how'd you go? Where'd you go? Um, sort of took the northern route up the... Was that the... Fi- uh, the... The... Te- uh, the 40? The 40. Yeah, we took the 40 and then back down. We basically made a football shape. Okay. And, like, you know, and then came back, back down through Texas and then... Took the 10. Yeah. And so it, uh, it was really nice. And you know, I remember doing that a ton when I was a kid because my dad hated to fly and he had to travel a lot. So we, were, we drove everywhere. But just thinking about a time where it's like, well, I better stop. I got to look at the map and uh, kind of unfold this and see where we are. Thomas Guides? Yeah, I was thinking Thomas about that guides, too. Yeah. Thomas Guides don't exist anymore. No. And, but just having the phone and be like, oh, let's yelp and see what's in the next town so we know what's safe. It, it already we're spoiled. Yeah. Much in the way that you get spoiled with L.A. weather and you go anywhere else and it's 50 degrees and you're like, I bet I didn't know I needed to bring a winter coat. You know, you just get cold really fast. <laughs> yeah, it's cold in this room. <laughs> I like it. It's so room. hard to find a cold room in Los Angeles. No, this room is particularly cold and we've long theorized because it is uh, haunted by the many ghosts uh, of uh, people who probably died in productions on this lot. No, that's not true. Uh, what it is... <laughs> 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 that went over really well. Um, <laughs> it's the brick. Uh, it's definitely the brick. The bricks are haunted? No. The bricks uh, keep this whole room cold. Haunted bricklayers. Okay. <laughs> ghost bricklayers put these in. You also They're don't ghost get, bricks. You also don't get sun on the other sides of these walls. Because of all the ghosts? Yeah, it's the ghosts that are There's blocking. There's like a ghost them. umbrella? There's a shade, uh, ghost shade. Shades. They're shades. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, is what they are. Okay. Well, as long as we can agree that you know, this place is horribly haunted, <laughs> I think that's all we... <laughs> Okay. You know what? I give up. <laughs> no, I'm sure you're right. This is uh, this old room here. It's a good wall. I would love to... This is one of those lots where it'd be fun just to start ripping into buildings and just seeing what's in the walls. Like how, it, there must how many be corpses? Corpses or old scripts or, you know... I mean, this place has been here since, I think, 1919. And, you know... Uh, Burns and Allen shot here, and Lucy shot here, and the uh, uh, Laurel and Hardy, and just like all these really amazing Lucy shot here, huh? Our, our stage is the original I Love Lucy stage. That's really cool. It is. That's I, awesome. And so, uh, but I've not, uh, I've not been uh, nothing weird. As I happened. guess Lucille Ball created I Love Lucy, didn't she? Yeah, it was Lucy and Desi. So I guess that that writer-actor relationship goes back way further than I could have. I didn't even think about I Love Lucy. Lucille Ball is such a genius, she was a She was a maverick. I mean, like, yeah. she sort of... I don't know if she, she created the model, but she definitely had a very strong... I mean, she was a very powerful performer, that, and Desilu Productions produced a lot of stuff, and they were a very... Big, I mean, like, they were a formidable production studio. Yeah. So... um yeah, it, even 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 back then, I don't know if any of the other shows. I mean, I don't know how. I, I don't know if um, Jackie Gleason had the same kind of thing. I mean, I'm sure they all had some type of production deals, but Desilu actually did make like yeah. a lot of really crazy. Didn't Desilu produce the Twilight Zone? I think they did produce wow. Twilight Zone. Yeah, which I've been watching every night when I get into bed. I just like open up my laptop and just set it next to me. And just did you see Snowpiercer? Yes, I did. It was fun. It felt like, uh, like a video game. It felt, yeah, <laughs> parts of it were. Uh, I mean, parts of it were so kind of like absurd and crazy. But that's what helped it to me feel like um, an interesting episode of the Twilight Zone, like a definitely a movie version of a Twilight Zone episode. The 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 ending for me, yeah, left a lot of questions in terms of like, wait, is this supposed to be hopeful? Because there's no way that you yeah. know. Yeah, I there there were some there were a lot of questions throughout <laughs> that thing, but you just kind of like go along with it. How's one cart full of uh, vegetables going to feed even just the rich people? <laughs> like, not, yeah. there are a lot of things that kind of like left you wanting more answers. But I think it was uh, yeah, it was uh, it to me it felt like um, 
it felt like a Doctor Who episode. Mm-hmm. Like there was something really sort of weird and sci-fi and alien about it. Yeah. But but a very cool uh, a very cool idea. Yeah. Um, have you seen anything else lately that you like? Um, I enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy. I did too. Um, <laughs> you sound so disappointed in <laughs> no, yourself. No, I loved oh, it. God, I, I loved it. I enjoyed that. I movie. liked it a lot. No, I loved Guardians. I just watched. Um, I'm doing a panel at New York Comic Con for this movie called Birdman. For a movie called Birdman? Yeah. With, with uh, Michael Keaton and um, Edward Norton and Emma Stone and oh cool and it's fu- and I, I like all those people and it's fucking amazing yeah it's amazing it's not a superhero movie it's about a guy who played a superhero and in he's sort of having this this like life crisis but Michael Keaton it's Michael Keaton yeah I love Michael Keaton I can't I, I like I've just been waiting for him to come back and do something I'm telling amazing you, he was like. Be- Beetlejuice is such like an iconic movie, and and he's so genius. He was also the best Batman, in my opinion. Um, don't I'm not trying to take anything away from uh, anyone. Uh, Christian Bale, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think Christian Bale did something interesting as well. But, but like Keaton was it. Like I, they don't hold up necessarily. I went back to like watch. The they're old they're Batman, very dated, and it's like it's a different era of Bat movies. Dance was very dated. <laughs> yeah, but um, but. Uh, but like he's such a genius, I want him to like. I know he has more in him. I'm so excited to see. He what does. This well, is. and Night Shift is one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, the Ron, the Ron Howard movie. Oh yeah. Um, he's amazing in that. But he's amazing in in. Um, what's the car? What's the car movie? Uh, where is? Oh God damn it! That's not it. Brain. <laughs> um, it's called God damn it, brain. God damn it, brain. Um, Gung Ho. Is a fun is a good movie too. Mr. Mom, he's great in Mr. Mom. But in this in this movie, Birdman, he's like fucking mind blowing. Like if he doesn't at Win least something. get nominated for an Academy Award, it'll be shocking. But the movie is um it's shot in such a way where almost the entire film feels like it's one continuous shot. It's incredible. Wow. Just the orchestration that's involved with the movie. So when it comes out, which I, th- I think it's coming out soon, I, I highly recommend it. I'll look it up. All right. I, I really, that sounds awesome. And, and, oh yeah. Do you go out to the movies a lot or do you watch stuff at home? I don't go out as much as I should, but I, I get to, I, you know, I get out every now and again. It's, it's harder. I go to more like screenings and things and, um, see, you know, unfortunately, usually not like finished products. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I, I I did go out to like Guardians of the Galaxy because I was out of town working, and so like the whole group of us went, and that was fun. Um, but I haven't seen. I've I heard Interstellar is supposed to be really good. Looks so I'm cool. Excited to see that. Looks cool. Um, Every time I the idea of when someone I don't know why I always bat the idea down of going to see a movie when someone's like, hey, we're we're gonna go see a movie this Friday. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. It's like it's, Kumail always does does uh, those invites. <laughs> um, and I, I never end up making it. <laughs> you got it's parking. I mean, it's like it's nothing that's really that oppressive, but for some mm-hmm. reason, it just always feels like I don't know. I'm home already, and I just <laughs> I don't know if I feel like you know. I have to put pants on and then back go park. in the car. Oh um, god, this is such a car driven. Like it's such a car town, LA. Yeah, it makes it so annoying. Anytime, I, why can't I just walk? I was gonna. Yeah, you want to come? Can technically? Let's, let's go see a movie, and I'll I'll walk to my theater, and you guys come. Meet me. <laughs> I mean, you you can walk wherever you want. I find I find I embrace the idea of pedestrianism in other cities, mm-hmm. but in Los Angeles, I hate it because you know the distance. It's such a hassle. Like even with like Uber or, uh, you know. Now we're gonna have trains that go through to the beach. They have they're gonna have uh, a metro that goes to Santa Monica. But like I'm not gonna hop on the metro. Like what are you talking about? <laughs> you still have to get to the metro. Yeah, I'm. Uh, this yeah. By the time by the time you get to the metro and if you have to park if you can't walk to it and then you get on the train you wait for the train you get, you might as well just drive to Santa yeah. Monica. Take way less take time. Same amount of time. Same amount of time. And, and I love Santa. I really enjoy Santa Monica. I love Venice. Abbott Kinney's great. Yeah. You know, like going up the PCH is gorgeous, but it's so fucking traffic far from where I live. Yeah. That it's just a wall of it's just it's just fucking orcs and Mordor and evil. What are you writing notes about? Show notes. So we do the write up for the episode. Oh. Got it. Got it. Noted. Kyle's uh 
Kyle's uh, basically taking notes of everything you say so we can create an artificial life form with your specific personality traits. Mm, interesting. Are you cool with that? I will go on. <laughs> yes. Mm, yes. I feel like Mr. Burns. Um, yeah. Yes. Great. That sounds good. I would, uh, I'm jealous of your beard. It's, it's a happening thing. I'm, exci- I'm more excited than anything to shave it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, it, you're going to feel like half your face is gone. It's uh, no. I'm gonna feel like half my face is now available. Do you <laughs> for parties? For yeah, <laughs> for uh, for everything, for what, anything I need a face for. Did you grow it for? I uh, grew it out of uh, lazy, mm-hmm. um, a deep well of lazy, and then I I'm keeping it to play a hippie in a movie uh, soon. Okay, and then we go into Silicon Valley, um, and so then I'll have to shave it back down to where we had it last season. Uh, I'm so excited for that! It is a that is a lustrous beard. It's like three months, four months. That's four it. Four months, five months, four months, four months. Holy shit! How long does Kyle's take you to grow yours out? Oh yeah, I don't know. I I always get to a certain point that I'm like, get, turn back, turn, and I can't. Yeah. You gotta break through that wall, man. I can't do it. My it's face the gets itchy, too itchy. It's the itchy wall. But you also like you. There's a smart thing that you can do, which is trim under here, and nobody notices. Um, and this is where it gets the itchiest. And because it's in this weird, like, concave area, it all just clutters into itself and it gets extra itchy. Yeah. So you just go in there and, like, shave under there. You're fine. And then you're fine? Yeah. I don't know, though. I just I don't think I could get away with it. So yours, your, your beard kind of, like, it's mossy. Like, it, it kind of, like, has good beard de- uh, density. And mine just grows straight out as though my face were like a like a play-doh uh barbershop set <laughs> where it just like pfft, it, like it just fountain straight out of my face that's and like mike rosenstein do you know mike <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah he has like head hair on his face yeah yeah it's like it looks all silky soft yeah and like you understand why he grows it out because like it looks better than his head of hair yeah it's if like you... it's like got a sheen to it that it's seems gorgeous like impossible if, if if he could if and he it could... doesn't curl it like literally just go just straight like, out yeah it's I'm so jealous of it. You no, should do that. I don't want to do that. Because Mike, actually, if he connected his eyebrows, you could do that yeah. game where you flip his head upside down and it looks like a different guy's face. Totally. <laughs> and you just swap his nose. Just you just swap his nose a little bit. Yeah, that's all you'd have to do. No, I'm always so... I, I just... It just doesn't... It just starts to drive me crazy. And I hear what you're saying about shaving the neck, but I've never been able to push through the threshold. And then one, and then one time I did do a cop mustache for, for like a week. A cop mustache? Yeah. Kind of like a, not a full handlebar, but just like, like a half handlebar, okay. which I equate to, you know, it's like a, like a, a like, officer. like a Southern cop mustache. Yeah. I get it. Hey son, you're driving too fast back there. The Yosemite Sam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, maybe not that bushy. Got it. But, um, I just don't look right with facial hair. Yeah. I, I gotta say mustaches just in general aren't, um, they look good on pedophiles. <laughs> And by good, I mean you can tell who the pedophiles are, so that's good for society. So that we can spot them. Yeah. Oh, you're a pedophile. How did you know? <laughs> oh, sir. Oh, foolish pedophiles. And he goes to shave, and then his hand is just like he just can't get near. It's like the mustache. Won't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Positive, negative uh, magnets. Yeah, like people just... have long said the soul, the soul of the pedophile lives in the mustache. So if you could just um, get rid of them, if you could just get rid of that mustache, the soul of the pedophile is in the mustache. Is that mm-hmm. what you just said? Yeah. <laughs> Did I get that uh, wrong? No, you okay. just got it right. I just <laughs> took a minute to really understand what was happening in our conversation. <laughs> I somehow blanked for a moment. Um, <laughs> yeah, you just stop and go. And I was like, "Oh, what that's were we right. talking about." We were talking about pedophiles. Um, <laughs> Mustaches. Yeah. Now uh, Kyle's got to write pedophile rant. <laughs> <laughs> pedophile um, stash are you keeping yeah his soul lives there <laughs> yeah well, you, just, you make you it sound it. like a i don't know it's not as ominous when you write it that way his soul lives in there <laughs> this is gonna kyle's writing his next stand-up routine <laughs> he's just taking it verbatim from is that what you're, the funny <laughs> bits of this yeah <laughs> well kyle always wanted to be the pedophile stash guy no i don't know <laughs> Finally, a hook. <laughs> a terrible, terrible hook. <laughs> oh. Oh, that pedo. I'm cursed by my own success. <laughs> I'm too good at it. 
what do you think you want to do ultimately or do you not do you have a long-term plan or do you just kind of want to just keep having fun and picking fun stuff or do you want to build a thing do you want to build a desilu i'll probably start directing at some point um but my plans are fairly simple in that i just am enjoying i'm more um what's what's more important to me is just being happy yeah. So I find the things that make me happy, and I and I stick to them. Do you stress out about things, or are you pretty even keeled? Um, it depends. I definitely do get stressed, but um, only when I've probably taken on too much responsibility for for myself to handle at any given time. I need to get better about like working when I need to be working in that period of time, and then taking a break. <laughs> I need like a uh, every now and again. I just need to like I haven't ever gone on a vacation. Well, the good thing about what we do is that it's not a routine nine to five job which i yes. think is good for our brains like, but it's also it's tricky because then you feel like you don't need a vacation because you're not working right. as much as you think other people are working but you are and you're working and density wise you're working more when you are working than you know than like other people necessarily need to designate like brain power to their job in that <laughs> do you know what i mean like like when I, I have to give 100% of myself when I am working, and it's silly that it's called work, but uh, you know, when I'm acting or writing or something, it, it takes a lot out of me. I, can, like, I feel really exhausted sometimes, <laughs> and I'm like, why? I wasn't really doing that much, but it's, it can be really draining. But I need like, a, a break. I need like an actual like, a week of just like, laying on the beach and enjoying the sun and reading a book. Well, it's it's the it's it's brain engagement time. It's like yeah. there's a when there's a there's a ratio between being awake and having your brain super engaged. Like I can feel, you know, I'll, I'll have these days where it's like, uh, you know, meetings in the morning, and then podcast, and then writing, and then show, and then another podcast, and then another show, yeah. and then like a live thing at night. And it's just by the end of the day, my bra- I could just feel my brain like super scrunched up. That sounds exhausting. <laughs> just <laughs> what you said it sounds exhausting. <laughs> because all day long, I'm not complaining. I mean, I like I set it up that way on purpose, but it, but there is there is a type of exhaustion that when you when all day you feel like, oh, I gotta you know I gotta make sure that everything's firing the properly you know as as best as it can be and the and the downside to our kind of amorphous schedules is that like you said you know you just don't know when it ends like well well i mean technically i'm at home but i'm on the email and i'm trying to figure stuff out so i'm still technically working yeah yeah it can consume your life like 100% of your day every day do you think you ever do you ever want a family do you think you want like a um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I'm just kind of taking it, taking it as it comes. First, I need a, um, you know, someone to share that family with. What? What? You mean you can't just... Like a woman? You can't just go... I'm looking for a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start there. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Yeah. We're going to start a uh, a dating show that's just no, around no. you. I did Hear not. me out. Okay. It's called Star Search. Ah... <laughs> Yeah, I'm hooked. Okay, you got I me. knew if you heard the title, <laughs> you got me. You would be on board. It's a good title. I think we'll have to make sure we can get the rights to it. But we add that extra R. You have the extra good. R, so that makes it. You can add an extra H to the end of search. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. We did it. We cracked the code on, on changing titles. <laughs> That's how you get over that. That's how you get past that. Yeah. And then you, you, of course, you have to. And each day you'll have to give the requisite rating at the end like they did on traditional star search oh right 7.5 two and a quarter stars <laughs> it would be like that <laughs> i didn't watch star search clearly what you never watched star search no oh you've got to go down the rabbit hole sometime if it's on the youtubes because it is when was it 70s no it was 80s and into the 90s oh, oh. the show must have been on for like 15 oh, 20 yeah. years and uh it was especially the ones in the 80s like are the choicest ones because they're so People are, I feel like we're so self aware as a culture now. Yeah. And the 80s was, did not suffer from that malady. Yeah. Like it was, it was people, is people really trying really earnestly and really, you know, and uh, it's, it's fun. That yeah. does sound fun. It, it was, it was fun. It, you know, sometimes you think like, oh, we're more enlightened than they are because we, we're, we're hip to ourselves now. But there is something that's kind of, uh, 
attractive about you know being blissfully ignorant about things and just trying because you just want to do a good job mm-hmm. as opposed to having to second guess what if i look stupid what if someone on social media says it's dumb what if yeah. people do with this like there was none of that yeah there was none of that at all you only worried about what your parents thought at that point <laughs> that's right yeah you still worry about that yeah did you uh if there was is there is there another era you would ever want to like inhabit or do you feel like you're in the right time uh, I w- I'd love to go back and experience the 60s. Yeah. Sounds like a great time. Just doing mushrooms, listening to Led Zeppelin. Fucking, that sounds like heaven. I think mid-60s mid, mid, mid 60s, uh, London, I think, would be an amazing place to be. Yeah, that sounds good. You know, like, just like as as the British rock invasion Beatles, was yeah. sweeping the world. Like, what a hotbed of style and and you'll just be there chanting one generation is that what it's called yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah the one the greatest generation <laughs> no no one mm-hmm. isn't that the name of that the like hot new young band oh one direction one direction yeah i clearly am not up to speed <laughs> you know you don't have to fake music. not get the name right so people don't know <laughs> no, uh, I, I didn't they're everywhere though they're like on every like i'm like who are these you listen to them that's why you think three, they're everywhere yeah yeah they're in my ears um <laughs> no they're like on every magazine they're like i see their little faces i honestly could not how are they so big I Why don't know. does how who is this? What is this? Well, it's just a boy band phenomenon, you know. But but and and it's Justin so, Bieber seems to be dying out, which I'm very happy about. But he won't fucking go away. He's like no. Well, he he'll keep touring, and all those little girls are going to grow up to be like these. Like his his fan base is going to dwindle, like slowly fade. It's not going to be a strong change the way that he came about. Yeah, it was like so fast. And then sooner or later he'll do something <clears throat> that's. Because he's done a lot of douchey That's things. terrible. Yeah, like Britney Spears kind of like lost a lot of her fan base, and they're still like hardcore fans. But like all the dumb things that she went through, granted, it was you know probably mostly due to her being in the public eye and that lifestyle. He's just like a dumb little shit. <laughs> like I, <laughs> like it just seems like everything he's doing is just like promoting more mistakes to be made, and I only hear terrible stories about him. And in a way, I mean, you know, I I blame him, and then I don't blame him at the same time because I feel like. He just he he was he was farmed in an environment where no one taught him like he was he's Canadian, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. There's no excuse. You should be a <laughs> humble little fucking kid. Your, your parents should have raised you right. As every other fucking Canadian parents have to their kids. You uh, you're just being a shit. He's like he turned American when he came down here. I can't wait till we kick him out. To like he loses his visa and he has to go back and like just be a normal human being up in Canada and can't come to America anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that will be amazing. And then he's just got to go live in a logging camp up in uh, Canada somewhere. Yeah. And then just write logger songs at some point. Something something will happen with that kid. Something yeah. will happen sooner or later where he'll do something so insane that I it, think so. Uh, fight it. I mean, he's already done crazy things. Because when he fires a gun off in public, then people will be like, "Oh, this now he's not doing not cute yeah, anymore." No, it's not cool. But he like has definitely like risked his life and other countless other people's lives driving a hundred miles an hour in a residential neighborhood. Like there, there are really dumb things he's already doing that just because people haven't gotten hurt yet, um, no one's no one's really making a huge light of them. And then as the as the uh, as the attention dwindles a little bit, that's when the you know. When the need to, I'll need a death. I can start to get, you know, you yeah. start acting out a little more. He like peed in some like bush at a restaurant that was just like at a restaurant and recorded it. <laughs> like, why do you need to do that? What is the point of that? Yeah, I don't know. Is, yeah, you're right. There are certain things where you're like, you should know not to. Yeah, you're not. I mean, maybe you are an idiot. You know what? I take back the beginning of my last <laughs> sentence. Maybe you are a total idiot. Not that I understand the dynamics of their relationship, but how does that Selena Gomez girl keep going back to that? I just don't understand. Help He's, me out here. Somebody? Um, Anybody? I don't know that she's doing too much better if she's going back to him anyway. I think... Uh, I just feel like... I just feel like most people, if they had done one one-hundredth of the stupid shit that he's pulled, that someone else would be like, all right. You you're dead you I'm gonna fuck. kill you now yeah <laughs> someone would have just like some waiter at that bar would have just like grabbed him by the face and just slammed him thrown- against the wall <laughs> just thrown him into traffic yeah. you're done 
Get the fuck out. My words have never been like a, a big like fodder for anything, but I feel like if anything were to just explode, it would be this conversation. <laughs> Martin like, Starr. On the interwebs. Martin Starr thrashes like, Justin say, Bieber, yeah. also vows to start Star Search. <laughs> <laughs> a show where he wants to meet you, a single lady. Justin or- Bieber to co-host. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I don't like him, which is what makes it yeah. great for television. Yeah, those relationships. People want to see us. <laughs> <laughs> would you ever do... Uh, would you ever host anything? Or, or I don't think I have the... Int- I don't think I... Eh, doesn't I, really sound... Yeah, I don't know that it would drive me to... I don't know. Nothing? I get it. I'm, I just don't think I would be the best at it. I prefer just having conversations. Yeah. I don't, I don't, it's not in my skill set. Do you, uh, when you start directing and the more you start writing, do you want to, do you think you'll continue to want to be in that stuff or do you want to just like start to transition? I'll probably be in it, yeah. I wonder how. It'll be a, I think it'll be a transition into being in it more. But at first, I'll just want to focus on directing and, and, and kind of dip my toe in that and figure it out. Yeah. Um, but I've, but definitely. So what else is is there anything specifically you want to promote while you're here before we let you um, go? Uh, I mean, I'm really proud of the the uh, I did a zombie movie that comes out on Friday. Really excited about it. I've I've seen it so many times and somehow it's always still fun. That's a good sign. Yeah, it's really funny too, and we get great crowd reactions. It's so much fun too to like hear it with people. Have you seen it, Kyle? Uh, like you, just, you saw the first one. I, it's so good. It's so fun. It's really fun too. And like, there is pe- there are people in the audience that don't quite know what they're getting into. And so, like, when it starts to go crazy, you hear someone that like can't handle what's happening <laughs> scream, and you're like, "That's what I came here for." Because it just makes it so much more fun to like someone that doesn't that doesn't know that they're about to see 14 feet of intestines. It's like <laughs> it's just it's just fun. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So good. Yeah. It's uh red versus dead. It's <laughs> it's Nazis versus communists. It's fun. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's fun. Is it is why is it getting a wide release? Um I don't yes. actually know. You're nodding your head. And VOD. Uh, yeah, yeah, we come out VOD same day, but um but yeah, we're I, I know that we'll be by coastal LA and is, what do you know what 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 are the details, madam? <laughs> I don't. I don't actually know. I didn't. I that just that word, madam, made you seem like a seventy-year-old woman. But I didn't mean that. I meant like. Uh, Excuse me. I meant, madam. Uh, well, well, the the zombie movies coming out in various markets. Oh, we'll be. I'm told by uh, my friend, knitting. madam, that we'll that we'll be. And she's not like a, a madam. Like uh, all she's right. not. I'm digging a hole. I'm digging. A, I'm digging a deep, deep hole. Um, yeah, uh, we'll be in top. I'm being told we're in top ten markets, which I don't know. and VOD and the uh, video. video on demand. I demand to see Red versus Dare. Did you get the big iPhone? Is that the massive iPhone? It's the massive one. It's why don't you have a tablet? Um, but I don't carry the tablet around everywhere. I I, I understand what you're saying, yeah. and I was saying the it's same thing. It's bigger than your hand. No, but, but I have I have tiny meerkat hands. But it <laughs> it yes it, yes you do. I was in your camp until I got it, and I was like, this is but, dumb. I'm going to take it back. Oh, but it's... you had to be, you had to be a. a, a you had, you had to like the idea of it or else you wouldn't have gotten it. Spent $8,000 on a phone? I spent $8,500 on a phone. And I, but I, but it's, it's just such a great experience. I don't know. I like it. I like the big phone. I didn't think I would. But now the other phone, like when I hold the other phone in my hand, I'm like, ugh, what is this hobbit bullshit? What tiny person was this made for? You know, I don't know. You. Um. <laughs> oh, points. <laughs> so good. That's so funny. Uh, <laughs> it is. Yeah. No, you're right. It is. I'm, I'm in the process of getting the six, the, the smaller one, though. You got the smaller one? Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, you know, if you want to hold it in your hand and see what it feels like it's, and i why i hell it's i mean it just feels i why because i want you to love it as much as i do because <laughs> you can't like how do you, you walk put it around? in your pocket i have to like manipulate my no you don't look at that it fits right in your out. fits right in your pocket it sticks out no it doesn't it does no it's not 
<laughs> well, you you have. Sh- look. Well, look at you, Mister Shallow Pockets. Look. No, that's not. I have deep pockets. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like you're fudging it, like you're in a before of a bad no. infomercial. No, I'm. Proving, Has this ever happened to you? I'm proving to you that the phone doesn't <laughs> go down. It does go down. It goes down. I can't even see it from where I'm sitting. Incorrect, sir. No. Martin, I can't even see the phone from here. Okay, yeah, now I see because you pulled it up. Oh, you know what? Maybe I have to just adjust. Maybe it was my dick that was blocking <laughs> please, it from going down. Please don't uh, smash my phone into this into your dick side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My phone. Oh, don't let him talk to you like that. Phone. I took dick pics while I was buying. <laughs> That's what the phone needs is like a side lens. Yeah. So that when it's in your pocket, you can just snap uh, a little. uh, Oh, yeah, I can take a pic on the sly for you. (laughs) 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 Here you go. What's this? Is that a side of a pink building? Because you would just get off. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) You want an office there? I I Um. do. (laughs) Hang on a second. Here comes the brick. I uh <laughs> <laughs> That's what it I like it. Right. It's a good name. Here comes the break. <laughs> well uh thank you for doing a walk on it at midnight too. I know you're doing, you're doing I'm excited today. Yeah. It's gonna be really fun. And I did you saw the thing we're doing? Um yes, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be really fun. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, it's just me and uh, me and you talking. It's you and I basically reenacting uh, Who's on the show tonight? Um, who's on your episode? I think it's Maria Bamford and Eddie Pepitone and uh, James Adomian. That's I think. great. It's oh, a, I know James. That's an, great. It's an amazing lineup. Yeah, that. Um, that's awesome. I yeah, love the, Maria basically the sketch we're doing is you and I are Pepitone. reading uh, Tinders that go from zero to a hundred. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're where, fu- they're really funny. Someone like asks what seemingly innocuous question, and then the girl's like, "Oh, that's great." And the guy's like, "Cause I'm gonna put my dick on your body," and then where it just goes like really bad, really fast. Yeah, I looked up a bunch of those. Pro- like I don't know. I, my buddy was into Tinder for a while. I think he's kind of cooled down. But then this isn't one of those like I was on Tinder, but I because I also was on Tinder. But this is I'm being honest. My buddy was anyway. I just dug a hole for myself. How did I you find it? I didn't need to dig. Um. Tinder? Well, my my buddy was just on it. But you and, said you were on it, too. Yeah, because he turned me on to it. He was like, oh, there's this thing. And I was like, that's just for fucking, right? Like, you're just... <laughs> and he's like, no, it's for, like, you can find relationships or do whatever. And I was like, no, I fucking <laughs> highly doubt that. It's just for fucking... And then we got into, like, a heated argument about it. And I was like, no, it's definitely, like, what you're doing is promoting you just getting laid. This isn't like a... You're not going to meet your future wife on Tinder. I might fuck who will be my future wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On Tinder. Um, but... He, but so then I like, I just like went, I met two people intentionally off Tinder and accidentally met a third and just for the most part, uh, awkward interactions. Right. Um, so, uh, that was it. I just stopped. Did um, they know, did they, have they, did they recognize you from television? I guess so. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I'm going to answer that with a definitive Yes. <laughs> Uh, I we never had a conversation about it. I never had a conversation with any of them about it. But yes, that's that seems. Hello, to be I am television's Martin Star. <laughs> right, I'm not on television. I'm on the Home Box Office Network. So <laughs> I am Home Box Office's Martin Star. Also in Red versus Dead. Yeah, you got it. Coming to giant movie screens and small movie screens in your home for VOD when uh, you can video <laughs> video on Friday. demand. But there's some funny shit that people do from zero to like they just go crazy on Tinder. They just like I don't. Th- th- there's no like uh, filter. Just just like, hey, want to fuck? Like it's just like yeah, that. Because there's no one has to bear any responsibility for yeah. anything. There's no consequences. There kind of are because you can take a screen cap of that of that person's picture if it's even them. Yeah, but most people don't care about that. They just give them more attention. Like. Y- you wouldn't want to Maybe do that you're because right. it, it'd be on Huffington Post <laughs> if you did that. <laughs> but it, but for most people, they don't give a shit. It's a funny story. And then they're like, oh, I totally said I was going to put my balls on a girl's shoulder and I never talked to her again. Like, that's, you know. 
<laughs> yeah, I guess so. That's a funny story in uh, <laughs> hypothetically, but I, I don't think I don't think I know anyone that'd be like, yeah, I just told this girl I was going to put my balls on her shoulder. <laughs> what? You're an idiot. That's no. how I'd respond to that. I was going to give her the shoulder. Balls. Swear to God, it's a funny story. <laughs> no, I'm genius for doing this. No, you're not. <laughs> uh, don't tell me any more of your funny stories, Brad. <laughs> I'm okay. I don't think the word funny means to you what it means. <laughs> yeah. You keep we on have... using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. <laughs> yeah. Where did, where did we go? Uh, where Where did we go for that accent? Um, uh, Princess Bride. Oh, That's Princess Bride. That's a little Princess Bride reference. Marriage. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's right. That's all I got from. Uh... It was, uh, <laughs> it's when Vizini says, that goes. "Inconceivable," and then Mandy Patinkin's character says, "You keep on using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means." Let's go watch Princess Bride. Yeah. All right, Martin Starr. Hey. It's been great to have you on the podcast. It's been my pleasure. I'll see you on the show in a little bit, and uh, I will go see your... I, abs- I actually will go absolutely go see your movie. I think you'll like it. Unless you have like a weird thing about blood. N- well, not a bad thing. I mean, it's fake. Oh, you love blood. I do. You love a heart on the whole time. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a lot of blood. It's fake blood, but it's blood. No, don't ruin it. It's a snuff film. It's real blood. I just didn't want to tell anybody. Good. I appreciate that. It's yeah, good. Yeah. Well, it, we'll cut that last part out. <laughs> Enjoy your burrito, everyone. Burrito? Enjoy your burrito. You should. That's what we tell people at the end of the podcast. Oh, yes. Then enjoy your burrito. Yay! <laughs> now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. This episode is brought to you by the effortlessly scrumptious bite of Skinny Pop Popcorn. Imagine this. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious kernels, a symphony of just three simple ingredients. Popcorn, sunflower oil, and a sprinkle of salt. No compromise, just pure snacking freedom. And hey, if you're up for a twist, dive into flavors like zesty white cheddar to sweet and salty kettle. Every bite's a delight, light and oh so tasty. Shop Skinny Pop now.